0: It's so difficult for me to not make a baby Yoda joke in this episode today, considering we are talking about Disney. But my guest today is someone you absolutely need to know. My guest's story is going to absolutely blow you away and inspire you. My guest today is Artin Nazarian, and he is a Disney executive turned entrepreneur who is absolutely flipping the script on what it means to merge corporate life with entrepreneurship. In this episode, Arden's going to tell us exactly what it's like to lead a double life as a Disney executive and a tech startup founder, how you can control your career happiness, and no, it's not what you might think it is, and why you're only one idea away from success. Guys, you do not want to miss this episode. It is so good. You're listening to the Side Gig Central podcast, where we truly believe that your side gig has the power to change your life. My name is Elena Ciccatelli, and I'm a small business owner and side gig hustler just like you. I'm so excited to help you redefine what success looks like in today's gig economy. Listen in on honest conversations that I have with the experts and from hardworking side gig entrepreneurs just like you who are killing it with their side hustle. Learn the best strategies, tips, and tricks that have helped others pave their own way and craft their dream side gig. So if you're ready to get started, up your game, and do the work, you're definitely in the right place. Let's get started. Arden, welcome to the show. How are you doing? It's good to see you. I'm
1: good. Thank you for having me.
0: Oh, you're welcome. Well, this is going to be an amazing discussion about side gigs and corporate life, a little bit of touch of business advice we're going to kind of go all over the map today so the listeners need to know more about you so arden talk about your your corporate life and then how that kind of came into your entrepreneurial career and then your book which we're going to talk about
1: yeah so i grew up in southern california so surrounded by the movie industry of course so uh, that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to go into the movie industry, but uh, you know, everybody, when they're in their teens, want to go into the movie industry. There's only one thing they want to do, is either direct or produce. So that's kind of what I wanted to do. So I did go to film school. And after film school, after a few uh, little jobs here and there, but uh, it was funny because it was part of Disney that uh, I didn't know about. know they don't teach you about uh back then it was vhs and dvd was just becoming a thing like that's not something they teach you so i landed in that world of the film industry and after a couple of years i was like i didn't sign up for this um you know i wanted to make movies i didn't want to make dvds (laughs) Um, so that's where i started kind of going back to my roots and saying let's make let's make movies so uh with a very close friend of mine that went to film school with me his name is michael uh, we ended up at disney together ironically which actually ended up to be a blessing in disguise it was amazing because i had him next to me we fueled each other. So we're like, let's go, forget about this stuff. So we started kind of doing little uh, music videos and short films and writing scripts, Um, but the film industry is hard. Um, It's not, uh, it's such a risky investment that it's very hard to find investments in. This is why, you know, studios now all trending, all big budget movies, known characters, books, an original idea is very hard to get made. So uh, we realized that after a few years. And this is post.com bubble. So Web 2.0 was on the rise. Facebook, mice, all that were kind of big and coming up. So I said to myself, you know what? There's a lot of money being thrown at technology. Uh, I've had my feet in technology at Disney because we were kind of internally just building business systems to make operation more efficient. So I'm like, I'm gonna give that a try maybe, that's how I can raise money. Um, So that's what we did. Michael and I kind of started dabbling around ideas for software and failed miserably because uh, we didn't know what we were doing. We didn't come from a background of uh, entrepreneurship. Uh, We didn't come from anybody in you know Stanford or MIT or, you know, these tech schools, we had no connection. So we're just trying to figure out on our own and we failed. And I think I failed miserably four or five times. Um, but my attitude as always was, it's not failure. It was always like, okay, it's getting me one step closer. And um, I don't wanna jump ahead, but the core message of the book is that you're one idea away from happiness because that's that's all you just one idea away. And it's never a failure, you just keep going and going. So eventually, while having a pretty uh intense day job at Disney, uh, I had about a team of 35 to 40 at the time, um, raised $4 million. And uh, we built this large platform for hospitality. And so, For about four or five years, I had this double life. I had an executive role at Disney, leading a team of 35 to 40, uh, and then I had a team of 25 outside of Disney. So it was hectic. I mean, it was hectic, but I enjoyed it. That was my personality. Just... Always go, 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 go. Not, not a lot of sleep, but when I did sleep, I slept like a baby because I was so tired. Um, but it was all, it was amazing. The learning experience was amazing. And by the, once we launched uh, the product into the market, and we got adoption, because it was hospitality, we focused on LA, Vegas, Miami, New York, where you know hospitality is big, especially in the nightlife space. Um, I was about to get engaged, and being out at nights, um, onboarding these teams that are always working late, uh, I was just like, "I'm, I'm so tired. I, I don't know if I want to do this anymore." So uh, the opportunity for an acquisition came up, and uh, I voted for it. So did the board and the investors. So it got acquired. Um, for the unfortunate part was that it was acquired for a a stock deal uh, by another startup. And then COVID kind of crushed a lot of these startups in the hospitality space. So we'll see what happens uh, in that, but no regrets at all. The learning experience I had, and ironically, the learnings that I had in my startup started outpacing my learnings at Disney. So I was actually bringing into disney a lot of things i was learning outside and it was making me look so good so i kept getting promoted <laughs> so, so it was like this double benefits that uh, i got externally and internally obviously there's a lot of ups and downs so it's not all gravy as i'm saying it but at the end of the day the the, the learning experience and just jumping forward and going for it and not having a fear of oh my god what's going to happen if this doesn't happen all of that It's not something that crossed my mind. It's just naturally, I've never been the type to let fear hold me back of of business stuff. Sure, fear fear will hold me back from jumping off a plane. That's a completely different thing. But uh, when it came to business, fear just doesn't hold me back. Um, And about a few years into marriage, so I've been now married uh, seven years. Uh, Obviously, we wouldn't start a family. And uh, eventually, my wife got pregnant, and I was in the process of starting another startup on the side, because for anybody listening that knows the corporate world, a lot of ups and downs, you're going to go through times that you're like, this is the best job ever. And next week, I hate this job. Um, And that happened to me a lot. And that's why I kept pursuing my side gigs or anything on the side, because in my mind, I'm like is the I jump to another corporate world because there's the grass greener on the other side. I never thought so that they're all probably the same. I need to take ownership of my career happiness. If I think that oh my god, this other company is gonna make it better for me. It's not it's all about it's I need to take ownership. So that's why I kept not jumping and leaving Disney and kind of keeping it there. And, uh, When my wife said I'm pregnant, I said, oh my God, I don't think I could do another startup because it was so hectic. Plus, I'm a big reader. And when you read about all these very successful uh, business folks, history and current, one of the things that always stands out to me is the books are always lessons, business lessons. Always sprinkled in there is this person saying, but I wish I had spent more time with my kids always in every single book that I read. So I said, if I'm reading these, why would I ignore that part of their advice? So I told myself, um, I want to be an active and present dad. I don't want to have, I don't want to say the same thing uh, when I'm 80, 90. So I put that startup to the side, uh, but I still had to do something because I couldn't let that creativity go. So A lot of people are asking me, how do you do this large startup while working at Disney and constantly getting promoted? I said, I'm going to put that in a book. That's going to be my startup Uh, because it allows me to not be away from home, uh, see my son grow up um, and be very active and involved and see every moment and not miss any, a single moment. And that's how the book was born, just being my startup uh, that allowed me to, uh, a present and active dad and I wanted to finish it um while he was not even one well um, again never written a book before you don't know what you don't know so um it I wanted to finish it in a year it took me three and a half years uh and during that three and a half years uh I also became a dad to a daughter so both of them I watched grow up so they're now Uh, One is going to be three years old, and the daughter is going to be a one-year-old next month. And uh, I wouldn't take anything back. Uh, You know, COVID was a blessing in disguise, too, because I got to spend so much time with them at home. Uh, So all that was great, and the book writing and marketing was uh, all done from home. So uh, my goal of not wanting to miss moments I made it happen. So that was my goal.
0: Arden, I love your story. I'm so inspired by your story because you know how they usually like life imitates art or some weird way. I feel like your story that you just told so many people can relate to it. And I'm a little bit selfish because I relate so heavy to this story right now because... I, my full time job is I work at Lyft. I work in sales at Lyft, right out of Silicon Valley. There, probably you could probably shout out your window and say, "What's up?" I going to maybe draw this parallel, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, because you have those creative juices. You know, you said in the beginning you wanted to get into film and 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 make sure, but you, I think your art is is within your story. And you have, well, maybe not inadvertently, because it sounds like you're playing everything out really well, but you are then, you're sharing your story with the world and it's helping other people. And isn't that what movies do?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, storytelling is at my core. That's what I want to do. You know, the one thing that I realized um, when trying to write a script and trying to produce movies and then not really getting a hit and then getting into software, I realized that it wasn't movies per se that I was drawn to. It was building something and telling the story. That was what I was drawn to. And I realized that, nah, you could build anything, you know, uh, building software, building, developing real estate. All this is just building something and then telling the story of it. So it, that was a big realization for me because otherwise, i might have that i might have felt like i failed on my original goal but i realized that no that was not my original goal my goal what is to build and tell a story and there's a lot of ways to do this which then uh, that's why it opened up my eyes and doors around oh there's this So that's why i'm very heavily involved in real estate i'm very involved in Uh, investments and stock market and all this is all around building and telling a story. That's kind of, and kind of always in the back of my mind knowing that I'm one idea away from like the next thing. So never give up because there might be 10 failed ideas, but eventually it's a numbers game. So eventually one will be good.
0: Oh, a a thousand percent. It is. And you are one idea away. And I love that so much. And I want that to be the quote for this episode. So we are going to pull that quote right out of there. I do have one question for you and I think you touched on it a little bit earlier and that is talking about why it's so important for you to validate an idea, right? Validating an idea before you start investing your time, your resources. and So walk us through a little bit more about that because I imagine like a lot of the listeners are in the service-based industry here and they're looking to build their side gig either into something full-time or like you and I have done, have like just kept it on the side and it's it's our like creative outlet. But talk about the validating the idea phase.
1: Yeah, I, I think it is, extremely important to validate an idea. When I look back on the first five or six big software failures, I didn't validate the idea. I came up with an idea. A few friends said that's brilliant. I said, "Yes, I'm onto something." And I went for it. Uh, but it was it was it was bad. You have to and there's and throughout the process from idea to MVP and launching kind of the first version of your software, pro, whatever it is, is, every step of the way you're validating the idea because you're constantly getting feedback. And in the beginning, it starts with, okay, I have this idea. First, is there even a market for it? But most importantly, is it solving a problem? Um, that's where a lot of first timers make a mistake where they come up with this grand idea but look at it from a perspective of an idea instead of what problem is this solving. And it's very different mindsets, uh, because if you stay focused on the problem that you're solving, you might your idea might iterate and evolve as you go through the process. But if you focus on the idea only, you're going to potentially miss out on the true problem that might be out there that you didn't see. So you have to start the idea validation process what problem is my idea solving? Um, I've had so many friends come up to me. Oh, my God, I have this idea. I said, okay, tell me about it. And they're so enthusiastic. And I don't want to burst their bubble, but I have to. And I said, well, what problem is this solving? Well, this and this and this and that. I said, well, how many people are you actually going to solve this for? And that's when they it starts oh yeah, maybe not a lot of people. I'm like, exactly, a business is solving a problem for a lot of people, not just your friends. That's a hobby, (laughs) that's not a business. (laughs) Um, And and as you go through that part, so if if you convince yourself that there's a large enough problem that you're solving, the next step is let's actually get feedback from potential customers or users. And with today, whether it's Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, they're at your fingertips so if you want to just reach out to some potential people that you think might be users just reach out everyone will not write back to you uh so if you even get five percent three percent to write back if you've done you know a 200-person outreach and get 20 people to write back to you that's a good amount number to get validation on on is this something you're solving and if you pass that step then it becomes the actual development of the product, whether it's a software, a physical good, or or a service. Uh, And that's where you actually now go to real customers and say, this is what I'm doing. Does this that I have designed solve your problem? And every step of the way from prototype to all the way launch, you'll constantly have to get feedback. And that feedback is what will get your actual product into market, Uh, give it the best shot. Not to say that it's a guaranteed success, but it'll give you the best shot because you've built the built that product or service with feedback and not in your own bubble. And to me, that's what idea validation is is not to do it in your own bubble, but constantly get to feedback from people that might be your customers in the future.
0: <laughs> yes, absolutely. And this is, I know you can't see my face if you're listening, but this is my face when people say, Oh, I I didn't, I, I didn't do any market research. And this my face is like, ah. know you have to do market research like you absolutely need to and i think it's we get caught up in the the excitement i think you had mentioned this before the excitement the enthusiasm of this new really cool shiny thing that i'm going to change the world with yes but did you do your market research? Like how many people are gonna pay for you to solve their problem? So yes, if this is always something that we, I I think as entrepreneurs just need to keep talking about because there's a lot of, and you can, I would love to hear your thoughts on this. I think there's a lot of glamorization around what entrepreneurs or being what, what an entrepreneur is and what that lifestyle is, right? We have a lot of like images coming at us what are your feelings on that?
1: Oh, absolutely. it is Glen. I mean, it's a lot of hard work. It's a lot of lonely nights. Uh, you have to give up a lot of uh, friend gatherings, family gatherings. So it's uh, a lot of sacrifices. And you know the, the one thing that I didn't know prior to any of these what it actually meant. So you hear the cliche saying that, well, what are you passionate about? You know make sure you're doing something you're passionate about. Michael. I don't know. I'm passionate about basketball, but I'm never going to be an NBA player. So like, what does that mean? Um, But I I realize what that means. It's not that, you know, you're passionate about climate change. You know, some people might be, but there might be some little thing you're passionate about that you just want to see it through. And it's that passion to see it through is what that cliche saying is about because if that idea is just this shiny object for that minute, as soon as you hit a road bump, you're gonna quit because you're not passionate enough about it. So that passion is actually more around the resistance and and helping you fight through the roadblocks and all the hoops you have to jump through. Um, I've, I've personally been there where I came up with an idea and I started looking into it market research and I'm like, oh, it's too difficult. And I, I had to step back and I said, ah, I say it's too difficult because you know what? I don't really care about it. It was just an idea that was fun at the time, but I didn't care about it. But when I do care about it, it's like I become a shark that just smells blood. And I'm going to go until I find my meat. Uh, and that's that's the passion. And you're not going to let obstacles get in your way. And that's a lot of hard work. And it's not talked about a lot. Uh, all the sacrifices are not talked about a lot, but it's a lot of hard work. Um, and a lot of, uh, potentially gray hairs too. <laughs> I lost some hair. In the
0: <laughs> no way. No way. You look great. Art. You just, ah. I, I love, I love how you reframed the enthusiasm because I, I, I do think that we get, we get lost in the hype. So I love how you reframe that. God, I can talk to you forever about this topic. This is just such a great topic. You are such an amazing guest. Guys, the book is called Side Adventure. I'm going to put the link to Arden's book in the show notes. So you will just easily pop over there, go ahead and buy the book. I am just so excited for you and this book, Arden. Like any quick takeaways that you could give uh to the list, like what are they in store for when they hit buy on your book?
1: Well, obviously, my story and journey, uh, and that's what I wanted to make sure it was more. About storytelling and not just a boring to do list and task list. Uh, But beyond the stories, it's kind of a practical guide around how do you even build a foundation to start something on the side? And that applies to everybody. So, about half the book is about it will will touch on everybody because a lot of people want to start something, but they might not be financially ready. They might not, their jobs might not allow them to. Uh, So, I talk about how do you actually build that foundation. And then the second half of the book is more around the software side of the business and how to build software uh, on the side because you still have to juggle both. And, you know, it's called side adventure because when you do something big on the side, it's an adventure. Uh, It truly will take you places that you never thought uh, and the stuff that you learn and and the team and the people you meet you will never have met at a day job. So it's it's an adventure. So I highly encourage everybody, uh, if you have an idea, validate it and go for it. Uh, even if you come out of that with what you perceive to be failure, it's not failure because one, you've now probably learned how to do certain things. So you can actually apply the learnings on the next venture or you realize, you know what entrepreneurship is not for me but i realized through this experience that i have a marketing job but i actually want to be in sales or i was in software i now want to be in marketing you know having to touch all aspects of business will help you actually figure out which part you like more and can put you in that path sooner rather than way later in your career and ha- saying oh my god i wish i did this <laughs>
0: That's pure genius, guys. That is pure brilliance. And to your point, Arnett, like, I wouldn't have met you without this podcast, this episode, this side gig. So this is just, like, so meta. It's blowing my mind right now. Um, Guys, you have to go pick up the book. It's an absolute must and just... Just go ahead and do it. Arden, you are an absolute joy and a pleasure. I'm just so excited to be connected with you and I'm, I'm excited to see what you do next. Thank you so much you for having me. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to the Side Gig Central podcast. You can dive into the show notes for this episode and for all past episodes at SideGeekCentral.com. If you love the show, share it with a friend. And while you're at it, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. Thanks again for tuning in. I'll talk to you very soon. And by the way, keep up that side hustle because it looks good on you.